0: Being from the streets gave me an asset that is valuable to people who are not in the streets. So when I was able to convert, I had a huge advantage over other people. And this is to answer your question. I think that it wasn't about changing my life. It was more about changing my, my, my mind. Because when I was in college, I was able to navigate through a lot of bullshit that people would be stuck on. Like they would be it's monday the bullshit happens it's thursday i'm over here and they're over here their mind is still wrapped around it and i think that i wouldn't have been that way had i not been a product of my environment
1: welcome to find joy with joanne podcast i am your host the confidence and visibility queen joanne chan i am a self-made entrepreneur who went from a nobody to receiving an outstanding leadership award on stage in Dubai and named as a successful person in my home country and speaking on stages all over the world both virtually and in person. Now I am on a mission to share what I have learned and what I have done to build my brand and business from scratch and to empower other coaches, leaders and entrepreneurs to do the same to help you build your confidence, visibility and authority to make an impact in the world with the meaningful work that you do. Whether you are new to the business world or feeling unsure about public visibility, or you want to be seen and heard in a way that doesn't feel icky but authentic to you, my signature mentorship program, Confident Visibility and Authority Accelerator is designed to help coaches, consultants, leaders, entrepreneurs, aspiring speakers to overcome visibility fear, to confidently brand themselves and set themselves up as the authority in their industry. You will learn my tested roadmap that is not one-size-fits-all that supports many business models so you can become visible in the world in your own unique way and show up as the confident entrepreneur you have always dreamed about becoming. Our mentorship waves together personal development, alignment practices and modern business strategies. You will do the inner work, strategic development work, energetic work, and get implementation support to clear any blocks in order to uplevel your visibility, confidence, and authority to work with more clients and to attract more opportunities. To learn more about the program and see if you are a perfect fit, visit the link www.joyanchan.co forward slash CVA. Again, that is www.joyan.co forward slash CVA. You can also find the link in the show notes below. And every Wednesday, we are giving you access to the world's best and brightest minds of business in their fields on our show, Every Wednesday. Listen in as these leaders impart their wisdoms, inspiration, and stories to empower you to live and lead a life with joy. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is sponsored by Get The Law Of Attraction. If you have been listening to this podcast, you will know that I am a big believer of the universe and the law of attraction. Get The Law Of Attraction is a spiritual and inspirational company that gives you something really good like chocolate chip cookies to feed your soul and your mind every single day. They provide daily Instagram posts and reels on the universe, gratitude, spirituality for your headache life. They also have an educational course on the Law Attraction and Gratitude Journal, and their links are in the show notes below. Go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, JOYAN, when you sign up to get $25 off. Joining us today is a talented artist and filmmaker and professor. He's the director of a non-profit for arts, Kibo Art Studios, and teaches at a college with over 10 years of experience as the owner of a successful tattoo studio, Additionally, he has a background in filmmaking and has written and published several books. His story was even featured on Fox 26 News in a segment called From Inmate to Entrepreneurship, highlighting the journey from incarceration to business artistry. He's passionate about sharing his experiences with young people and believes that his unique background would provide valuable insights and inspiration to students all over the world. So guys, help me a welcoming our special guest today, the one and only Kibo Arabi. Hi Kibo. Yes. welcome to the show.
0: How are you doing? How you doing?
1: I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to know, how did you become an artist? You know, have you always wanted to become an artist when you were a child or a teenager?
0: Uh, so being an artist is, it's God given. You know, I'm not sure your religious beliefs, so I like to say universe. If people don't, you know, I don't know what people believe, but yes, yeah, it's the it's the talent that was given to me, and I and I luckily had the passion to pursue that talent.
1: How did you? How did you? Yeah, I do believe in the universe and God. I'm I'm okay. spiritual, but not religious. How okay. do? How did you discover your talent? How did it happen to you?
0: So I remember. um You know, it's funny. uh, Sometimes a response to trauma will, uh, will, 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 will show you things and you don't realize you're doing that. I have a friend who he dealt with trauma by playing video games. And he grew up to be a person who works on technology. He likes to take video games apart. He likes to figure out what makes them when we were younger. And it was so weird. But as we got older, I saw that out of all of us, He loved video games. We liked playing video games. He loved everything about a game. And I remember when I was younger, I was very interested in how things were created. I wouldn't just say drawing or just movies. I was interested in creative, create creativity. I was very... When I saw Sonic the Hedgehog, that's the first thing that I remember drawing. I remember thinking how where does it come from? You know, and then once I got got a little older enough to read about, you know, other artists, I realized, oh, all this stuff is coming out of people's minds. So creativity is how I got started.
1: I love that. I love that. And so how did you then go on to pursue this path as an artist? Because I know you also have a unique background and so and when you yes. decided to pursue art i mean i'm sure your parents or your friends around you might be saying things like are you sure you know are you serious about it well it's not i wasn't
0: be- necessarily raised by my parents uh okay. i met my parents as i was getting older and um, of course art isn't one of those things that uh um, most parents will support but i i pursue art in different ways so I've been in jail before. When I was in jail, that's when I really, really had time to actually write. So that's where I wrote my first books. When I was in the streets, I used to sell drugs. I used to get tattoos. So that's how I got into tattooing. When I got into tattooing, I wanted to be better. That's how I got into school. You know, my wants became my reality. You get what I'm saying? So just off of my experience, I wanted to do better. I wanted to get better. I wanted to do things. So Slowly but surely, I became more involved in art. Um, in terms of, uh, like, how it, it's more of a journey. <laughs> it's more of a journey. It kind of just fell. It, it, everything fell, fell into place within my given actions. My actions created my reality.
1: Wow, I love that your action creates your reality. But before action, you you need to have an inspiration, right? I an yeah. idea. So. Yeah. Tell us, because I was looking through your your website, I love your art, and what is your art all about? I'm curious. Well,
0: my art is, in terms of my fine art, if if I have a painting, I take an idea and I say, how can I express this idea visually? Uh, How can I compose this in a way to make somebody not want to stop looking at it? So I try to make my paintings simple enough but complicated enough that people will look around and actually enjoy looking at the painting as a as how th- the entire thing is composed, I look at it as as a frame, not almost on a plane, not as uh, something pretty to look at. I look at it as like a the actual piece is is what I'm showing you. so you you have to look at the piece, and now you're looking at the story within the piece, the colors within the piece, the components within the piece. You're not just looking at it. You can't. I don't want you to glance at my paintings. So they're about either political issues or real life issues. Um, I like to think of myself as when I paint as like a visual historian, because I also like to use contemporary issues and then put a twist on it. That's why a lot of my paintings, uh, the title will help you figure out what it's about. Um, But that's not the only art, you know. Art is also, my writing is also art. My filmmaking is also art. Uh, I recently published a a book, What Do We Do Now? And I'm doing a, a play for that. In April. And that's art because I could not figure out how to paint it. So I wrote it. You know, I wrote the story. You get what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So, how do you define art? What is art to you?
0: That's a great question. I love this question. (laughs) I define art as something that we create for others' pleasure, for other people's pleasure that they can enjoy more than once. And the reason why I say more than once is because art is something. Let's say you go see The Nutcracker, right? If you love ballet, you can watch that every year for the rest of your life. You can say, I want to do this. I want to watch The Nutcracker every November. If you go see a play, you can do, you can watch the same exact play. It will never get old. Your favorite song never gets old your your you know so that's how i look at art something that we create to enjoy more than once like over and over and over again you could i can go to the, look at the mona lisa once a year for the rest of my life and i will like it more or have an opinion more you know it's just something we could do all the time over and over again
1: well i love that i love that so you know um when i was doing research on you, you said your artwork documents human experiences, ideas, and conversations that you cannot put into words. So I want to know, as an artist, where do you draw inspiration from, you know, and what has always been your biggest inspiration for creating art?
0: Wow, I really like that question. I want to start with the second question. What has been my biggest inspiration, right? So it honestly depends on the piece because I love human experiences. I think that the best work I've ever seen has come from human experiences. And I'll give you several examples. I'll give you my book. What do we do now? The play. Nobody else could have wrote that because of my experience in my life. I'm the only person I know that have has experienced what I experienced. The play is about an African-American family who has all of these struggles that African-Americans deal with. And they have a neighbor who's... African who's like West African who comes to visit, and a lot of people here in America don't experience that type of blackness. Like, are you black if you're African, or are you and it and it and it just goes on with different issues from the 90s and the 80s. But I put it in 1965, right? So the play is based on 1960 in 1965, but it's about all the years around it. So when I say human experiences. It's very hard to write that if you don't have a lot of research in these experiences. My second example would be my favorite Picasso painting. It's called Guernica. The Nazis used to test their bombs, right? They used to test them. They used to just blow up stuff and they blew up a town called Guernica. And I mean like 50% of the population like Ross lost everything in Guernica, right? So picasso had this beautiful response in a painting with no color like it's just literally a black and white painting It's huge i think it's like 20 feet tall and the name of the painting is guernica and to me it personifies it's a it's a a beautiful way to make a statement about anti-war without going to war so if guernica was a poem it would not be as effective if Guernica was a movie, I don't think it would have been a it had to be a painting. So that's another example of how human experiences inspire me, you know, it's because I see it happen with Picasso. My final example would be, uh, I just thought of this today, actually. Uh I was I was driving and a 50 cent song came on. It's called Mini Man. And the older that I get, the more I understand the song. Uh Based on like even now you're more knowledgeable about the background and stuff that happened and basically um, the song opens up with him saying they put money on my head get your refund I ain't dead and you later find out that that there was actually a hit on 50 Cent <laughs> somebody put a hit out on him and tried to kill him and then he killed you know I don't know if he killed them but the person who tried to kill him ended up dying they got killed and I don't think you get that song. That is a great it's a well composed song. It is about murder, but still it's a well composed song. I don't think that song happens had the human experience not have been there and and that's why authenticity is hard to beat. You can't be i'm I'm a huge fan of people benefit benefiting from the truth, but you can't be you can't have a run if you're not authentic. It's very hard to sustain a lie
1: so so that is the second question, right. So the- que- the best question is where do you draw inspiration from like on a daily basis whether it's well, necessary- I'm
0: always looking for something i'm always um I think that um a lot of artists do this, but I don't think a lot of artists take action on it. I continually look for content that I can create something while I'm looking at you. I'm sucking in a either a character or your facial features or the composition of this microphone stand, the way that it's composed, the third that it's in, it you it looks very professional. It looks like uh you you're 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 subconsciously saying that you're an interviewer or you're 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 in a field of a microphone. It doesn't matter what it is, it has to do with a microphone. I don't look at you and see a masseuse or a, a kitchen cleaner, you know? So I'm constantly looking at details to do something with it so let's say if i wanted to start my show it would ring immediately like 10 years from now if i ever started a podcast i would know hey you got to have a mic in the frame because i remember when that woman her name was joy <laughs> joy she had the mic in the frame it just looked more legit you know what i mean so i'm all that i'm just inspired by every single little detail and i love uh rough stuff so whenever i make art i, I don't like to be perfect even with tattoos, I, I like. Rough looks, I like uh raw looks because of nature, and some people like that style, some people don't, and um, I'm I'm just always in everything. I'm looking for inspiration in everything.
1: And this is branding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this branding. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And the next question that I want to ask is, you know, as a creator ourselves, as a podcaster, you know, sometimes we get into creativity blocks. So how yeah. do you personally, as an artist? Filmmaker make a writer how do you overcome creative blocks i'm sure there are days where you just don't feel inspired to do anything or to create so what no, do you i don't do? have
0: that problem i, I okay. honestly think i honestly think that that i think i've read so much that i for that i forgot about that issue i think that somewhere along the line i remember i did a tattoo of kobe and i was never a kobe fan but i was always a fan of his mentality and i remember people would send i remember i dated a girl and she told me, it's the best compliment I ever got in my life to this day. She told me that she would let Kobe Bryant play basketball for her life. And she would let me create art for her life. <laughs> and, and I never was a Kobe fan. like even, But I've always respected his mentality. So I never had a problem of writer's block, art block, because I look at it as like, I look at it as like, uh, if I can't finish something, it's for something else. Uh, I really love Prince. Uh, the way he worked, I think that's a great comparison to how I work. I just He just tries to create something. He doesn't care if it's finished, unfinished, uh, good, bad. If you keep creating, you can always use it later. And I think that's where I'm big at. Um, as I'm growing, uh, especially in success, like I've, I've become very successful in my own right. But... Uh, I think that the blocks that I deal with are different experiences just because it's me. I think they're more personal. So I run into issues with, uh, with, the. Uh, uh, I may not like what somebody stands for. So it, that could hinder me, you know? So let's say if I find out, I'm sorry, my allergies, allergies are bad. If I find out that uh I'm working with a guy or girl and I find out they're doing like sex trafficking or something. I know I'm random as hell, but sex trafficking, it, it will really mess with my creativity. Because it will be it will become more about them and I will be so mad or so irritated by them that that I'll just I wouldn't be focused on the work. But in order to once I start something, if I'm if I'm Working on anything, like, it's, it works in my head first. So the first thing I do is I, I, if I'm painting a picture, I paint it in my head. It never comes out how, how, how I thought it would be, ever. Like, literally literally never. Uh, I've never painted a painting in my head and put it on the canvas and it turned into that. I paint it in my head, and then I think about the size, the colors, and all of that stuff. The ideas and the concepts i research them to make sure that there's accurate information that i'm conveying through my feelings if i'm writing a book or a movie or a play i do the same thing i watch it in my head um i watch the full thing too i don't i don't ever that's i guess that's probably why i don't get a block because i i watch whether it sucks or it doesn't suck i i, I try to start the book in my head and i try to read it all the way through and um let's say if the book ends up 300 pages, the book in my head is probably like 40 pages. You know what I'm saying? So when I say read it all the way through, I'm not like literally reading page by page. I'm just like, oh, that's a good, that's good, that's good. Even with a movie, if I make a movie in my head, if it's a 90 minute film, the film in my head might be 20 minutes, but I'll know the beginning, middle, end, and some, some scenes in between, some flashes of it. And then I just start, like, honestly, You can't beat starting um you have to start more than once though you have to because you might have to start today and then you might have to start tomorrow and then you might have to start it's really about starting not finishing
1: it's really about starting not finishing (laughs) yeah because a lot of people it's
0: gonna get done if you just keep on working on it it's gonna get done yeah
1: yeah i like that i like that so you mentioned it's very interesting because you earlier you mentioned about that you are a success, you are successful. You know, I I love that. Um, so how do you personally define success as an artist?
0: Well, I, I'm a full time artist. It's very hard to pay your bills making art. Um, most artists are starving artists. Most artists are are, are very poor, broke or they're working a different job. I don't. There's no money that I make that's not art. Um, so all of my money is made by art how I define success is based on what you've been through. Um, so if you're a millionaire's kid and you're successful for running your parents' company, you're not, you're not a successful millionaire. You're successful at not ruining your parents' company. You get what I'm saying? So I'm a successful artist. (laughs) So, So I define success based on what you've been through, whatever you, whatever you overcome. So if you like, uh, I've, beat a lot of odds um two-parent households um the likeliness for any amount of success is a lot higher than someone from a one-parent household i didn't have either parents um high school dropouts the likeliness of them being successful is very low and i didn't drop out luckily but i would missed my graduation and i went to prison you know i went to jail when i was younger People who have records uh, are a lot less successful than people who do not have records. I've been to jail several times, you know, people who are from the streets, you know, especially African Americans, who live that life, either end up dead or in jail. I've been shot before. I've been in shootouts before. So given that, you don't expect to hear me being a director of my own nonprofit for art, doing after-school programs for the community hosting art programs, uh, teaching art in college, uh, teaching art to kids, primarily in the summer, um, doing shows at museums, writing my own play, casting my own play, producing my own play, directing my own play, and getting the theater to say, we want your play. You know, this that's not done for people like, like they come from where I come from without diligence. And again, based on what I've been through, that's that's a huge success.
1: And, How did you turn your life around being in jail and being on the street and selling drugs? How did you turn your life around?
0: Well, I don't think that. I think that it's about what you think and what you know because it's not like I did a 180 or nothing. Because if this is a 180, you know, in front of us, I think I just looked at stuff further or differently. Like I looked at an object and I didn't see how we how you can look at an object and not see what everybody else sees. I looked at my situation and I didn't see what I used to. Uh, somebody came here the other day. This is, I'm at my tattoo studio right now. And it was like, man, I remember your car. I had a white BMW. It had Lamborghini doors. It had white rims. I was probably like 19 years old. Um, I don't know how much money I spent on this car, uh, but... At a homeboy, Johno, he was like the car guy to me. He'd take a car, he'll make it like beautiful. But that was the thing, slabs. It was you get a car, you make it better. And I believe that being from the streets gave me an asset that is valuable that to people who are not in the streets. So when I was able to convert, I had a huge advantage over other people. And this is to answer your question. I think that it wasn't about changing my life. It was more about changing my mind. Because when I was in college, I was able to navigate through a lot of bullshit that people would be stuck on. Like they would be, it's Monday, the bullshit happens. It's Thursday, I'm over here and they're over here. Their mind is still wrapped around it. And I think that I wouldn't have been that way had I not been a product of my environment. It just makes you uh, more. I had somebody tell me say, "Oh man," they said. Uh, uh I saw, I noticed something on on, on the internet. Whenever I notice some bullshit, I always point it out. They said, I, "I," I made a comment to myself. I don't see how other people don't see this. And he said, "It was one of my clients." He said, "Maybe you were trained to notice stuff like that, you know?" And subconsciously, I think you are. I think um, the survival mentality. Of people in the hood um, just just makes you you either put up or shut up. And everybody doesn't get it, but most people get it. It's just that most people don't change their beliefs when they get anything out of it. Like They still have those same skills, but once they have a million dollars, a lot of them don't want to change their mind or change their ways. They kind of want to keep those same ways. And and that's the adjustment. That's the hard part.
1: Wow. I can tell just by what you just said, you work a lot on your mindset. And yeah. as the saying goes, change your mind, change your life. Right? So, and I want to go back to what we talked about earlier. You talk about starving artists and people think art is not a career path to pursue, like seriously. Yeah. So what would you say to people who are who are passionate about art, who want to become an artist, but also too afraid to pursue it because they think it's not going to make them money or it's not going to survive. How, well, well I, think just-
0: that, I think that in terms of money, you got to get over yourself because money is like a different field. Art, art the art world isn't a, the. If you want to make a lot of money, go get into finance. You know, go learn about money. <laughs> go learn about real estate. Go learn how to go learn how to do what most millionaires do, which is real estate investing or something. Go sell something. Now, in terms of art, it's about creating. I'm just fortunate enough to be making money making art. It's like a boxer. People don't get into boxing to make money. Floyd Mayweather made a lot of money, but he got, he was boxing for money. <laughs> Most people get into boxing cause they like to fight. So, uh, I would say to them to, uh, whatever they're interested in to, to create about that, because you can tell when your heart is in it, when you're genuine in it. I, uh, I don't know if you, uh, heard of this, uh, this name, uh, my phone rang. I'm sorry. Um, we have, we have a weird, we have a lot of weird things that go on here, uh, in America. You heard, have you heard of the name Khalil Azad? No. That, that's a, a guy, a black guy who was just found dead in a two feet river. He's six feet tall and they say he drowned himself, but it's believed that the police department beat him. and um. Like beat him to death. The pictures are brutal, and what's I'm saying this because of what you said about what would I tell people. The way that makes me feel, I know I'm going to create something about that. I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be a post. I don't know if I'm gonna mention it in a book or a story. But I know it's gonna happen. I'm not when I when I think that thought. I'm not thinking about money. I'm not thinking about how. I'm not thinking about when. I just know it's going to happen. Is going to come up. So I would say if something, if it's something you actually care about or actually are, you're into, just start from there because you're going to figure it out along the way. And you don't know how long you're going to be doing it or how short you're going to be doing it. But along the way, you're going to learn what you need to do, what you don't need to do, what the, what you like to do, how to assess that, how to not be manipulated by people <laughs> in the same industry you just learn so much by action, so yeah. Just take what you what you're interested in and and work work with that.
1: That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So, what is the message that you want to convey through your art? Like, is it different with every each artwork, or what is the core message that you want to convey? Th-
0: there's not a core message. Uh, okay. I believe it. I believe you answered it while you were talking, but I, but I would like to elaborate on that though because. I think, I think I'm more of the message. Uh, because I think I'm more interesting than my art. I think that... Um, how can I say this? I think that I'm aware that I'm a rare person. And it makes me... It puts me in a position to... How can I say this? It puts me in a position to... I would I would be able to get away with um anything in terms of art and bullshit it, but I don't do that. Um since I'm aware of my rareness, I only try to make genuine stuff. So I don't have a a message in each piece. I think mm-hmm. I'm more of the message because it, it, it has to be, if I did it, it had to be genuine. So when I make a painting. I don't really paint like uh, like I, I, I it's, it'll be very thoughtful. Um, actually, I have a painting right here in my you studio. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in that corner right here. It's a uh, it's called Think Piece. Wow, this is a funny story. So <laughs> the the contents of this is a ladder. Let me get closer. <laughs> we have a ladder here. Yep. Uh, um, we have a light bulb here. It's kind of hard to see because the lights are on.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. We have books. hmm A Rubik's Cube. There's a... It's very hard to see. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's okay. Yep.
0: We have a Rubik's Cube. We have, um... Uh, upside-down question mark, puzzle pieces, uh, atlas, a chess board. And it's called Think Piece. And it's, like, just about thinking. Like, different things about thinkers and stuff like this. Now, the funny story is there's also mathematical uh, stuff going on in there that I don't feel like pointing out. But it's a lot of math in it. Um, I saw a painting that just said think. And I didn't know it was from one of my professors that I was taught by in your university. This painting, uh, it was very, how could I make, it just said think, that's all it said, it said think. And for me, I I liked that, I liked that it was yellow for some reason, I believe it was yellow, I know I I remember that. And I liked that it just said think. But what I, what I didn't like was that it was yellow and it just said think. <laughs> and, I, and, and I remember writing that down and putting Laugh Out Loud next to it. Like, dang, that's crazy. I like this and I don't like it. I was like, but what does it make me do? It made me stop and think. So I was like, thinkers would appreciate that painting. And then some time went by and I was like, I want to make a think painting. And I made that in my more so my style. So I forgot. I, honestly, I forgot your question. <laughs> I forgot what you asked me. But <laughs> well, it was about the
1: message. <laughs> like, what is the message that you want to convey through your art? But I, I get that. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm just. I was. Oh yeah. The genuineness. <laughs> I just. I genuinely make stuff to like with intention. I was like, I really was thinking about. how oh, I should make a piece. I love to think like. Let me make a piece about this. Because I think thinking is, is on the same frequency as meditation and prayer. And um, I really think that um, in that case, we're meditating or praying all the time. So you have to be very careful what you tell your brain. Um, and when I say this, um, I'm, I'm I'm serious because when you're thinking you're thinking because you don't know or else you wouldn't you wouldn't think you know you wouldn't if you if you knew you wouldn't think i think Uh, think, well, well let's say not think you wouldn't think about an answer if you already knew the answer so when you when you meditate or you pray on your thoughts you're communicating with yourself almost so i really think that it's um i genuinely believe that there's some divine order in thinking or some divine energy in thinking
1: I love that. <laughs> you know, I love that. I, I didn't know this is a conversation that, that this is the direction that we are going, but I love how we are having this conversation. It's just going with the flow and you know, being inspired, being the flow, being in the yeah. moment and just let things unfold as it should. So yeah. since you showed us your painting over there, I wanna know what was your favorite piece of art that or the best the best piece of art that you have ever created up to this day and why? Why is well, that? It? If you have any.
0: I have I have a few. So <laughs> the best painting that I've ever painted, when I was in Germany, I painted a painting called the Mercury Retrograde. It I just Yeah, I it saw is the it. best painting I ever created. It is the best one. I cannot I'm trying to top it. I'm trying to do better than it. I don't know why I can't, but it's, I I, I, I have a goal to beat that painting, but I haven't beat it yet. Um, it's about the phenomenon that astrologers call Mercury retrograde. And a lot of people into numerology or spirituality are into it. And during the Mer- Mer- Mercury retrograde, uh, it's, it's said that the human experience is affected by the planets. Um, so the example that they give us is that the moon, uh, when they're full moons, there is more crime or it affects people's emotions or people become more emotional. And then during the Mercury retrogrades, your relationships, all of them, are affected. And you, they tell you to be very careful with during this during this time period. And a lot of people break up or get together during these times. So I believe that the my experiences with these Mercury retrogrades Brought me brought that painting out of me. So I think that's my best painting. Now, my best book, I believe, is Coel's Diary. Um, it was actually inspired by my favorite photographer. His name is Gordon Parks. Um, he did the famous pictures of Muhammad Ali. Most of the pictures you see of Muhammad Ali, Gordon Parks did those. And I wrote that novel when I was younger, and I rewrote it as I was like twenty or something, and I put it on Amazon. Um now that I think about it, it's probably butchered with the punctuation, but I was young. I don't care. And um, it's about a girl who, uh, who her father was not in her life, a black girl. And then she finds out that her father is white. And um, I, I really believe it's a, a good story on humanity. Um, The best, the third one, I believe, would be a script that I wrote. That I, I've, it's never been produced. Uh, it's a horror script. It's a sci-fi horror. And I sent it to some festivals. It hasn't got picked up yet. And I'll, I'll be looking to produce it. But it's a horror movie, sci-fi horror about... Um, it's called the... Well, they change titles of movies a lot. So I'll ignore the title. But since... The, the book I was talking about is called Coel's Diary. It's on Amazon. The painting is Mercury Retrograde this particular movie that I'm talking about, the script, I believe this is the best script I wrote. It's about a, a young Nigerian girl who pops up in people's dreams. But they don't have bad dreams. They have like, she just is there. She just there, She's just there. And then her neighbor um, decides to kidnap her. Um, amongst he he changes his mind because he's like in this um, when I was younger trafficking was a big deal so I think I write about trafficking a lot he's in this sex trafficking thing and he just kills her instead and the, the entire he does this is at the beginning of the movie the entire film throughout he she just tortures him and everybody that knows him and I just really love it <laughs> I just really think it's like this is like dope but again I haven't done anything with it it's yeah. gonna
1: be it gives me chills, you know, just you mentioning it. Oh, okay. you know, oh my god. Yeah. yeah I personally yeah. don't watch horror movies and that's why yeah. maybe okay, yeah, <laughs> I would yeah. be excited to watch this one if you were to produce it.
0: If I do, I'll send it to you. I'll email yeah. it
1: to you. So what are some of the exciting projects other than the, the, the stage play that, that is showing on April tenth? Um uh, what what else are you currently working on?
0: Uh, I just won a, a finalist position at a film festival for another script I wrote. It's called, Oh, You're in Trouble. It's about this kind woman who uh, kidnapped the teacher. I don't know why I got so much kidnapping stuff. <laughs> uh, she kidnapped the teacher and uh, posed as a teacher, as a substitute, uh, because she just was involved in a heist. And it's like a child play. It's funny, it's PG. I named all of the characters after uh, a recent argument with my biological father. Uh, and I thought like, oh, I should write a short play about it. But I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, it's not going to be like about us. It's just we'll be inspired by. It. So, for example, my, my novel, Coyle's Diary,
1: it,
0: it's, it's inspired by Gordon Park's work. It, it's not his work. You know, I, I watch his work. I look at what he did. And then I say, oh, let me try something along those lines. So it'll be like different story, but my take on it from a different point of view. And that is probably it until something else comes along. But I'll just, keep, I know I'll keep creating.
1: Yeah, artists yeah. You
0: know, we have that many plans. We have, I have to work on this play right now. Oh, the mm. play, that obviously I have the play. And then that, the play got accepted to another festival. So I'll be doing the play again later on in the year.
1: Yeah, awesome. You know, as an as artist, I believe it's all about, trusting the journey going with the flow because it's how artists work right they don't really yeah. have a plan you just trust their intuition a lot you know trust their feeling a lot yeah. and this is just how they work how they function as an artist and thank you so much for being here with us today it has been a very wonderful conversation and we always end our show with final five rapid fire questions so every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum
0: <laughs> okay i'm ready
1: Alright, the first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier?
0: About love.
1: About love, wow, that is beautiful. Second question, if you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently?
0: I probably would have... I wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> I wouldn't have done anything.
1: You wouldn't have done anything. You would still choose to go through what you have been through.
0: Yeah, I was just, it is what it is. Okay, yeah.
1: Beautiful. Third question, what is something you are trying to learn or curious about right now?
0: Oh, man. Uh, more clinical psychology.
1: Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the next question is, if you have five minutes and the whole world was listening to you, what would you say?
0: Wow. I would talk about how ignorant racism is.
1: Definitely. Yeah. The last question is, what brings you joy?
0: Oh, this is easy. Um, Everything. Wow. Yeah. Everything. Even the bad things. If it wasn't for the bad, you can enjoy the good.
1: Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that.
0: <laughs> you said I love that a lot <laughs> in this interview. Yeah,
1: no, I really love that. It's, you know, it, it, it kind of, I kind of have an aha moment when you, when you said that. It's like everything, the good and the bad. Yeah. It's so simple, but, you know, you talk about being grateful. I mean, people talk about being grateful all the time, but it's true that you have to be grateful for, for everything that you have now. Yeah. Yeah. You so. Too thank you thank you so much and i'm sure a lot of people they want to get to know you more or work with you or connect with you where can i send people to you
0: Artbykevo.com or my instagram kevoarts arts k-e-v-o-a-r-t-s
1: okay great all right guys i'll put all the links in the channel below and i hope you love this episode you enjoy this episode go follow kevo go to his website if you are in Houston, make sure you buy the tickets and go watch his play that is showing on April 10th. I will put all the links in the show below, so make sure you go and check it out. And if you want to learn more about what I do and connect with me, go to my website joannchan.com and also follow me on Instagram and tell us, you know, take a screenshot of this episode if you are listening, if you are watching this, tell us what is your biggest takeaway from this episode. If you have any question, you can also drop your question or send your question to Kevin or to me. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you, and you need you. Thanks for listening, and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thanks again to our sponsor, Get a Law of Attraction. Follow them on Instagram for daily spiritual enrichment and encouragement, especially if your spiritual ice cream cone is melting a bit. You will get a fresh scoop of your favorite flavor. Of spiritual encouragement and insights. Find Joy Joyan listeners will get twenty five dollars off when you go to their website and use promo code Joyan J O Y A N when you sign up for their law of attraction course and gratitude journal. Once again, that is Joyan J O Y A N for twenty five dollars off, and their links are in the show notes below. Thank you again for tuning to Find Joy with Joyan podcast. If you love and enjoy today's episode. You can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your IG story and tag me at joyan.chan so I can repost and connect with you. Two, share this podcast with a friend or family member. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we continue to grow and reach more listeners worldwide. And make sure you also subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode coming Wednesday. And my joyful friends, Until next time, keep showing up. Success doesn't show up for you until you show up and pursue your own success. Again, thanks for being here and I will see you soon in the next episode.